but what's more fulfilling than seeing a, you know, a kid learn to play and develop a skill and then a team come together. And so um, I can expand, but really seeing um, the teams that I get to lead develop and grow is the, the greatest measure of success um, in, in my life. Welcome to the Hope in Real Life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday, real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. I could not be more excited to be here this week with, uh, truthfully, uh, not only someone who's been incredibly successful in life, but also a good friend, Mr. Chris Chuang. And so welcome to the show. Welcome to the episode. Uh, We are going to be talking this week about how to be successful in the marketplace. And I know there's a lot of folks out there that are asking that question, that are caught up in the grind and trying to climb that ladder and just balance the things of life. And I'm telling you, you are a man that a lot of people need to hear from. So Chris, welcome to the show. Glad that you're here with us. Thanks, Jason. Happy to be here. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Let's do this. G- just give them a little background, just personal. We'll jump into the business side of things in a minute, but just you know, married kids, let us know the whole deal. Who are we talking to here? Um, I'm blessed to be a father of four kids, uh, ages uh, 8, 12, 14, and 17. Uh, two boys, two girls, and uh, every night at dinner, we have a blast sharing about it, uh, the day and uh, and all that centered around my wife, uh, Linda, who is, uh, we've been married 20 years, just celebrated our anniversary recently, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be a father and husband to uh, that, that clan. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that last statement. You are lucky to be oh, yeah. that way. <laughs> <laughs> Punching way above my weight on exactly all that. Right. Hey, look, let's do it. So I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna read four things here. So so to give the the listeners an idea of who you are, then I want you to talk about it a little bit. But uh, former VP of Motricity, former COO of Bandwidth, former CEO of Republic Wireless, and now CEO of Relay. Why don't you just give us your your you know your brief story and what success has looked like for you in the marketplace over the last I don't know handful of years plus? Sure, happy to do that. So uh, I w- uh, went to undergrad at Stanford, uh, joined a consulting firm called McKinsey right after that uh, in the Silicon Valley, consulting to uh, you know wireless companies in particular. Leverage that to go into investing uh, venture capital at a place called Technology Crossover Ventures, where we invested uh, millions of dollars in wireless and software companies. And one of those companies was a company called Matricity uh, out here in Durham. So from Palo Alto, found a company in Durham. Uh, we invested $27 million into them. And then uh, they recruited me to join a few months later. Um, and Matricity was a pretty awesome experience. We raised about $500 million dollars. Bought a bunch of companies, and I always say like I dealed my way out of a job from that company because I love how you just said <laughs> we bought a bunch of companies. Like that's yeah. no, yeah, we bought a bunch of companies. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I, it's... like I, like I buy coffee. There you go. Companies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit harder than yeah. that, but uh, <laughs> uh, but the last deal uh, we bought a company in Seattle. Decided uh, hard decision to relocate headquarters out there, and so uh, my wife and I faced a uh, you know first key fork in the career and life road where. We had to decide where we go to Seattle with the company or um, go to New Jersey area where my wife is from. That was sort of on the life plan or uh, plant deeper roots here in Raleigh. And when we came out here, we thought it'd be a two or three year stint. 
But um, we we came to really love this area. We came to really love our church, Hope. Uh, That was a key influence in that decision. And we decided, let's try to find something here. Uh, Then I was fortunate enough, God brought two guys into my life named uh, Henry Kastner and David Morkin. Uh, They were the founders of Bandwidth. And uh, quite honestly, they didn't have a a job I could apply for. We just had a lunch, hit it off, and they uh, invited me to to come into the company uh, to help with, you know, just a bunch of different things. They didn't have a job opening for a guy that just bought companies? No, no, they they didn't have that job (laughs) job wreck out there. So so I think I came in with with a strategy kind of title. Yeah. uh, Just, you know, random bunch of stuff. (laughs) And uh, But one of those uh, work streams was to help think about new growth areas for the business as growth had kind of flattened out a little bit. And so we came up with uh, a bunch of different ideas. Some didn't work, um, but two that did. Uh, one was what Bandwidth became today. So Bandwidth is a communications platform as a service company. Uh, what that means is they help uh, companies like um, an Uber or uh, you know any app that's trying to communicate, right? Send texts and make calls from the app. That platform enables those kind of services. So uh, we grew that business uh, into a public company. At one point, it was uh, worth $5 billion, um, so had a lot of great success. Uh, The other company that we birthed out of bandwidth uh, was we had this crazy idea that we could, this is back in 2011, use Wi-Fi, um, offload a lot of minutes and megabytes onto the, the Wi-Fi towers in your in your living room instead of the big cell towers. That'll you know. never work. Never work. <laughs> yep. <not> gonna... <laughs> a lot of people told us that would not work, um, that we were crazy, but we uh, you gotta take, it takes a little bit of crazy to start something new. Yep. And so uh, we, we gave it a shot. We thought we would just r- launch this little experiment. We hacked some Android phones. And uh, it was crazy because we uh, we went viral about you know, the story about the company yep. um, on TechCrunch, and then I'm dating myself, but on Yahoo News, which is a really big thing yeah, once upon right. a time, uh, the servers melted down. We couldn't open up our site, but when we, we eventually got them open, it was like midnight, and we sold all five thousand phones that we had bought for the year in three hours. Yeah, and we were like, hey, we, we've caught some lightning in a bottle here. And we actually pivoted a bunch of our best people to go out and focus on that business. Yeah, man. I mean, I wrote down here from, talk, from talking with the, our, our team, Republic Wireless ended up selling 5,000 phones in three hours. There's a wait list. Of, and there was also a wait list of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, hundreds That's of it. thousands of people wanting to buy our $20 unlimited plan. Uh, and back then, unlimited plans were like $120. Yeah. So we were crazy cheap. Um, we honestly didn't know if we could make it work or not, (laughs) but, uh, we got out there and over the next five years, uh, we built the business from zero that night, uh, November 19th, 2011 to five years later, a hundred million of revenue. Uh, we were consumer reports, top prepaid carrier for a couple of years in a row and serving uh, hundreds of thousands of consumers, saving them millions of dollars in their personal budgets um, yeah. all across the country. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's like, I mean, that's adding value to people's lives too. And yeah. you're saving them money different way, yeah. completely disrupting the market. That's exciting. And then from Republic, now you're a CEO of a company called Relay. Yeah. And talk to us just about that, just for a moment, and what that transition was like and what Relay is all about. Yeah, so we, we grew Republic to 100, uh, but then it became tough to grow because Sprint and T-Mobile uh, got into a big old price war if you know Sprint had to join up with T-Mobile, they couldn't survive that. And it became hard for smaller companies like us to uh, continue to grow and survive. So uh, we focused the business on profitability. We used those cash flows to then uh, invest in uh, research and development of a, a new product that we call Relay. 
And Relay was really centered on an idea that not every interface should be that rectangular piece of glass that we all look at called the smartphone. Yeah. That uh, a screen-free interface would be better for certain kinds of people and use cases. The best examples that aren't Relay are um, Amazon Echo, Google Home, Siri, right? You know, where you're talking to the cloud, not just looking at a screen. Right. And so we thought about uh, really two segments that could benefit from this. The first was young kids, right? This is uh, 2018, 19. Uh, screen addiction was a big thing uh, in the world. And uh, we all had young kids who were kind of getting to that age. And we didn't want to give them an iPhone, right? We didn't want to give them another thing to be. I mean, to. I can speak to this one directly. We were product owners of yeah. Relay. Because yeah. when we, when my, my kids are now, they're 15. They do have phones now. but And of course, I heard for years, we're the only people on the planet that are our <laughs> age that don't have smartphones. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's on purpose. Um, but we did. We had relays for that for that reason. If they're going to spend the night at a friend's house or if they're at school, if they want to communicate with us, they can push a button, leave a message. We're going we're to flash it. You know, it's going to come up on an app on my phone. Yep. I can listen to it. I can communicate back to them. They don't have a screen. I don't have to worry about other people getting to them or what it is that they're getting to. So phenomenal product. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and that Launched with great success. We got into a thousand plus Target stores. We were serving families. Our own families in particular needed that product. So we were kind of scratching our own itch, if you will, with yeah. that. But, um, you know, uh, along the way, uh, all these frontline businesses, which was the other market opportunity that we had on our whiteboard, uh, they started coming to our website, our cute kid website, which had no business marketing at all, and saying, How do I buy 50 of these for my housekeepers or 20 for my? Uh, security team or a hundred for uh, my cleaning or warehousing teams, right? And so, uh, this the second opportunity that we had on the whiteboard, we realized was actually an even bigger need in the world uh, because um, it's not really a commonly known thing, but um, the walkie-talkie market is still a multi-billion-dollar industry, and frontline workers think housekeepers, think warehouse workers aren't allowed to use smartphones uh, on the job. Right. And so they're not connected to the cloud. So can you imagine how uh, less productive you would be if you didn't have your smartphone every day in your job? That's the life of millions of workers around the world. In fact, uh, frontline workers represent 80% of the world's population, wow. right? Yeah. So our mission at Relay is to help kind of connect these frontline workers to the cloud and unlock the same productivity that um, you know we enjoy as information workers. Yeah, that's awesome. Chris, so thanks for sharing your story. So, I mean, I think by any uh, any measurement, someone would hear that career and be like, okay, he's experienced some success. He's seen it. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you in a moment how you would define success, though, because I want to hear that from you. Before I do that, though, real quick, last little question about yourself. Did you think when you were younger, like maybe even say pre-Stanford days, uh, did you think this was going to be your career journey? Did you have a plan? Did you have any idea what you thought you, or hoped it would look like? And how does this correlate? Um, I think my first dream job was to be a journalist. Uh, and I pursued that path for a little bit, then realized it was a really hard career and journalism was kind of changing a lot. And so, uh, so then I began pursuing business in college. And since then, um, I could not have anticipated the journey that I've been on. I think God has uh, moved in my life over and over, opening up these doors. But I did always sort of want to uh, be a leader in, in a business and start something eventually. So I um, feel blessed to have seen that sort of ambition fulfill. Yeah. Um, I think uh, anybody who's been around you, and, and and again, I have the privilege of being one of those people who's around you regularly, uh, would describe you as an incredibly humble man. Um, how do you... how? 
how have you managed to kind of make it through those successes, you know, and a billion dollars here and a billion dollars and but still keep that perspective and to still keep that center uh, that you have and that humility? Um, well, I think it starts with just uh, realizing through my faith that it's not by my own ability or will uh, that these successes come. It's really uh, trying to be obedient to God, God's will. And so um, we would need a whole five-hour podcast to go through every story, but almost every time I made a plan, God had something better. <laughs> every time I was chasing a particular door uh, willfully, God closed it and opened up something better. And so um, so I think that's really the, the first key uh, to answer that question. Okay. And you asked about how do I define success? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, while there's business measures, right, like, you know, m millions of revenue or X percent growth or, you know, each of the companies that I referenced, uh, Matricity, Bandwidth and Republic, uh, you know, were valued at a billion dollars at one point or more. Um, and those are sort of some of the, the, the metrics that we look at as business people. But honestly, what probably drives me more in terms of success um, is seeing others uh, grow right in their careers around uh, you know the, the businesses I get to be part of. Um, like you, I'm a coach at heart. I'm a basketball coach outside yeah. of work. Yeah. And what's more fulfilling than seeing a, you know a kid learn to play and develop a skill, and then a team come together? And so um, I can expand, but really seeing um, the teams that I get to lead develop and grow is the the greatest measure of success um, in in my life. We are going to take a brief break from our show to let you know about a resource that we are making available to you. If you're looking for a resource on personal development or spiritual enrichment, then you've got to check this out. Chris, listen, the Hope in Real Life app, it's a free tool. Now, free to our listeners. Was, free is good. It was not free for us to create, but free for our listeners. Made specifically for anyone who's looking for a bit more hope in their everyday life. Listen to the features. Daily devotions. Parenting tips financial resources, marriage insights. There's even a community where you can share prayer requests if you've got things going on in your life and you can see and know that other people are praying for you. I need all that, by the way. <laughs> Every single bit of it. Stay tuned. Keep looking for it. We'll have it out. But listen, tomorrow can be better than today and hope is possible, even in real life. Let's get back to the show. And so I'll ask you a very similar question then because that's how you define success is seeing them. How would you define leadership? to actually moving people in those directions from A to B. Yeah, so uh, sometimes people think leadership is like strategies and you know financial models, and it, it is some of those things. But um, for me, a, a simple principle I think about, and we've actually coined it at our company, it's a little cheesy. Uh, it does take some inspiration from Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, we call it Be Wimmel, right? Uh, something that maybe you might hear from Snoop. <laughs> yep. uh, and so Be Wimmel stands for best work in my life. And so as a leader... I think about uh, helping my team achieve be Wimmel, right? And so what uh, best work in my life could be, hey, I'm learning something new, I'm, I'm stretching and growing. It could mean uh, I'm making a huge impact, even if I'm not learning, or it could mean I'm working with a team that I just love, right? Ideally, it's all three of those things. Um, but at Relay and all the companies I've led, um, our, our philosophy is, like, if you look back 12 months at any given point, you should have experienced be Wimmel in a moment a project, mm -hmm. hopefully a season. Right. Now it's almost never the whole year, right? right. Life is not that, <laughs> right. that easy or, or sunshine and rainbows. There's gonna be tough times, maybe a lot of them. But if you haven't had one B Wimmel moment or season in 12 months, something's probably wrong. You're probably in the wrong job, the wrong company. Yeah. And so as a leader, if I can get 100% of my employees, my teammates experiencing B Wimmel, 
we will have success as a company, no matter the strategy, no matter the financial model. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. It, let's try to get real practical here for our listeners. Uh, so if you have, if someone's listening to this episode right now and they're thinking, man, how can I achieve success as, a, as in the marketplace? Um, what advice would you give to him? And I know that's a wide open question, but I think that's the question a lot of people are asking. Like, how do I achieve success in the marketplace? What would you say to them? The word that comes to mind uh, in any role, CEO or just starting out in your career, is uh, relationships. Mm. Um, focus on relationships. And I think that this is why, um, you know, the Christian walk is so uh, complementary um, and foundational to um to business success, really, right? Yeah. You know, because it teaches so much about how to treat others and build relationships. And those same principles that you learn in the Bible are the ones that I think yield success in business. What do I mean by that? So whether you're dealing with a customer, uh, an investor, an employee, ultimately, I know it sounds a little, 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 uh, you know, motherhood and apple pie, but it, it's always just about people, right? Yeah. And, um, and if you can build connections, authentic connections with people, trusted connections with people. They'll want to do business with you. They'll want to mentor you. They'll want to work for you, right? And so um, a, a lot of people think about business as this cutthroat battle, right? Yeah. Winners and losers. Yeah. Um, I think if you approach it from a win-win model, right? How do I you know, gain something? How do you gain something? How do we grow a relationship in that? Even at some cost to me personally, right. even at some loss, yep. or some dollars to, to my company, in the long run, those relationships are what build value, right? Yeah. Uh, either on a team or uh, with customers. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, we were talking a little before the show. The reality is, because you said some people think of business, some people do not only think of business as cutthroat, but like for some people, that's that's their approach. Yeah, it really is. And I'm not saying there's no one out there that has not achieved some level of success and ha that has been their approach. Um, but man, you could do anything and let's just use some of these market numbers, you know, to, to half a million dollars or maybe to a million, but I mean, to a billion dollars over a, again and then again, and then to see something else, man, there's some principles there that, um, things just aren't sustainable over the long haul in that many different directions, um, without a level of organizational health, without a level of relational trust, like at some point, the relationships break down if we're not pursuing what's best, not just for me, but what's best for you as well. And if you're not doing the same thing. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more uh, with that. There's, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw this in now. I, yeah. I didn't know, you know, fire away, my friend. <laughs> there's a, there's a, in the Bible, which I know a lot of our listeners aren't necessarily reading the Bible every day. And that's great. We're here to bring hope to whomever we can, but in, uh, these books, First uh, and Second Samuel, it talks about these three different kings. Essentially, you've got this king, Saul, and he's kind of a great king, but then kind of loses his way a bit. And then uh, there's another king that's kind of uh, up and coming in David. He's not king yet, but he kind of knows the throne is his one day. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so, uh, but he handles himself the right way. Like he doesn't jump after it, chase after it before it's his time. Um, and eventually he does move in. And then there's another king even after him. And, uh, and Absalom, and he kind of has the wrong approach and is just going to, you know, do whatever he can do to hijack the throne. I say all that to say um, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned and approach to leadership and uh, approach to what does it really mean to chase after that thing that's in front of us or what some people would call success. 
there's a there while I know a lot of our listeners wouldn't sit down and read through all that in the Bible there's a great book called The Tale of Three Kings mm-hmm. and we'll link to the to the show notes but kind of what you're describing right now is realizing like hey there is a greater good there's a way to focus on doing my job really well but also recognizing like there's other things at stake and other things at play as well that are also important that it's not just the bottom line it's not just success so we'll put a link there and that I think could be a great resource yeah that sounds great I mean um, just to amplify that point about relationships right you know business is about ultimately transactions but if you if you focus on the transaction and not the relationship, Right, like one sale, right, versus a, a, a multi-year relationship with a customer, for example. Uh, I think you you don't build that long-term value that we've been able to build at you know at Bandwidth and Republic and hopefully Relay to come here. Um, it's it's investing in that relationship, that longer-term outcome, that is uh, critical, right? And even if you're you know new in a job and working for a manager. Um, don't see it as just sort of completing A or B for that person, but how do you like really build trust in that relationship with that manager so that um, you can talk about your career and you know promotion paths and whatnot? So um, you know, there's a lot of ways this manifests, but I think too many people are transactional versus relational. And as we grow our our team, um, you know, in a company, or if you're building, if you're starting a company or starting a new team at a at where you work, um, you, you know the that that also manifests in building a sustainable work-life balance for your team, right? So some leaders are like, I'm just going to like see people as a cog in a wheel. Right. I'm going to maximize that cog and make this wheel go as fast as I can and then, you know, move on, right? Uh, but to me, the, the greatest cost of a business is not any dollars or, you know, cents. It's, it's actually attrition, right? When you lose knowledgeable, well-trained people that trust each other, right? right? That hidden cost of... You know, yeah, you can fill someone's, you know, that job, you know, and backfill it. But the what's lost in productivity and ke- chemistry and relationship is one of the, the hidden costs that too many business leaders don't focus on, right? And yeah. so um, at Relay, our average tenure is seven plus years, right? That's wow. invaluable. Yeah. And, uh, and so to help achieve that long-term kind of tenure, you also need to make work uh, and life balanced, right? Uh, okay. I'm not saying it, you, we don't work hard and there's not tough seasons, but you have to like balance those seasons with periods of rest, just as God calls us to every week, right? Yeah. With the Sabbath, and so um, that's really important to building, I think, long-term value. I hope I hope our listeners are picking up on this because this this is just a great reminder for me. I'm, I'm talking to a CEO of largely a technology-driven company, yep, right, and who's seen tremendous success in the technology-driven market in different companies. And when it really comes down to what is success, what what drives towards success, what you're talking about are people, and relationships, and culture. Yep. And uh, gosh, it's so easy to lose sight of and just to focus on the bottom line and the bottom line at all costs. But man, that is not the sustainable way to build uh, into people, certainly, but also even we would say to to build into an organization. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that really is the, if I have one insight to share, you know, having experienced uh, a couple of different successes at different companies, that's the thread that ties it all together. Uh, let me ask you this, because I know there's a lot of folks who would listen to this that, that are in leadership roles. And so what comes with that is um, the hours sometimes don't stop and the stress and the, and the anxiety. How do you personally deal with as a CEO? How do you deal with the stress and anxiety that no doubt is just going to come our way if we'll let it? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question and one that... Uh, I guess I should say whether we'll yeah. let it or not. It comes down. <laughs> uh, one that I'm always wrestling with, and uh, that's a struggle for so many leaders, right? Whether you're leading a company or a team or just even as an individual contributor, how do you deal with that stress that can just be overwhelming? And so I think, um, you know, for me, it really anchors, uh, once again, in, the, in a biblical uh, concept, right, from Matthew of, uh, you know, do not worry about tomorrow, right? You know, for tomorrow, uh, for today has has enough worry of its <laughs> own. Of its yeah, own. Um, and whoever gained an hour of, the, of life, right, from worrying. And so, and obviously the rest of that passage, which I would encourage folks to read in Matthew, is about, like, why do not worry, right? Because God is going to take care of you just as he does the, 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 the birds and the, and the, the fields, right, uh, yeah. by analogy there. And so, um, so it, for me, like being able to rest my cares, my burdens, my, my worries at the feet of the Lord every, every single night and in the mornings be renewed from that is critical. Um, you know, just staying present and focusing on today's, the next problem, right? Um, to offer a non-biblical secular uh bit of inspiration. I love the movie The Martian with Matt Damon yep, yep. Um, because, and I won't ruin the movie for the listeners here, but uh, Matt Damon is faced with insurmountable, crazy odds and problems, right? That would sort of paralyze most people. But in that movie, he just focuses on solving the next problem, right? right. And I think that's ultimately what, what God's telling us in Matthew too, is don't worry about the 10 problems tomorrow or the 100 the rest of the year just focus on today, right? right? Solve one thing at a time, keep marching forward, keep grinding, if you will, keep getting re renewed by God every morning, and then look back and realize, wow, like this insurmountable set of 10 things, one at a time got solved, right? And now you're you're to the happy ending, happy ending in the movie, so. Yeah. And if I tell you what, if somebody's tuning in and looking for two things, I think if you hear, relationships over metrics <laughs> and yes. if you just and then after that just focus on the next thing right in front of you yes i think i mean all of us as leaders could benefit from from both of those so thank you for that yeah uh a couple questions i want to ask is as, as we get ready to wrap up here and let's just tie it back into you personally um i'd love to, to for so our, our listeners to really um Here's some hopeful things. So uh, I'm going to ask you this question, Chris. Personally, in your life, what are you the most hopeful for right now? Um, I'll give you two answers. Okay. <laughs> uh, one is for Relay, our company. Um, if I didn't mention earlier, we're trying to serve frontline workers, you know, uh, the millions, the 80% of the world that's disconnected from the cloud, and we want to connect them. And I'm really hopeful for our, our ability to fulfill that mission and create a lot of value for for workers and for uh, you know our team that's that's serving that mission. In my personal life, I'm um, my kids. You know, uh, they're at this blossoming age and they're taking on new adventures. And whether it's my oldest trying to get into college next year, or uh, or my 14 year old trying to lead a, his basketball team uh, in middle school, um, those are the the kind of things that I'm, I'm excited for and hopeful every day about. That's awesome. And then if we had to say in five more years, five years from today, you hope your life looks like, what would you say? Um, in five years from now, uh, but I'm open. Buy a bunch more companies? Is that what we're going to no, do? No, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're just building, building okay, products just now. Building. Okay. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I ideally, I could, uh, if really has, um, you know, an outcome ultimately go, goes public or, or another company buys us. And if I'm done with Relay for if that ha is what God has planned. Uh, and that could be 10 years or 20 years, but 
you know, let's say in five, um, the next chapter that I want to pursue full time is I want to be a, a basketball coach, as I mentioned earlier. That's yeah. that's my passion. So um, I'm I'm open to God's timing and uh, you know obedient to it on how long this relay journey goes, um, and n- not impatient for it to end. To be clear, but whenever relay's done, uh, whether I'm 50 or 75, I want to go be a basketball coach full time. I love it. I love it. Well, Chris, man, thank you so much for your time. I mean, so many nuggets here. I mean, focusing on relationships, relational over transactional, uh, making sure that we're creating as leaders a sustainable work-life balance for those inside of our organizations. Uh, and then man, that that nugget of regardless of the stress, the anxiety, the overwhelming things coming at us, the most important thing to do is just to focus on the next best thing right in front of us. And so I so much appreciate and you being willing to come in here and articulate these things for us. My hope is that through this podcast, uh, as you highlighted to us earlier, that this would help move folks a bit closer to the best work in their life. What did you call it? The B-Wimmel? The B-Wimmel. That's right. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, we'll close out on that. Uh, To to our listeners, if you're interested in the resources that we talked about, A Tale of Three Kings, a great book there, some of the specific things that we talked about, or even if you're an organization that has frontline workers that's looking uh, to to put a a resource in in your workers' hands, uh, that I would encourage you to check out Relay. Chris isn't going to make that ask, but I'll tell you, a phenomenal company and putting out a great product. And um, if there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Resources are here. Chris, thank you so much again for your time. And here's to hoping that this brings our listeners a bit more hope in real life. See you guys next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, There's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope.